Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Oh, please. Bismarck, who would play the turntables with his belly. Oh, come on, guys. See, they're yelling Trump, 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 right? Never, never would they do that. But anyway, Anthony Weiner, left versus white. Um, I was listening intently to your conversation about Bill Clinton and his settlement with uh, Paula Jones. That had to do with uh, what he did as governor of uh, Arkansas. Uh, but you might have forgotten the most eccentric, crackpot, political person who has ever existed in New York City. And that's saying a lot, Anthony Weiner. But Abe Hirschfeld. Ah, the owner of the New York Post for a half a moment. Yeah, right, half a moment. Uh, owner of uh, the Pennsylvania Hotel as it was falling apart. I remember he said... I built all the garages. He ran for lieutenant governor. He ran for everybody. Everybody loved Abe because they wanted his money. They wanted his money. Now, here's a guy in the end trying to have his business partner killed in a drive-by shooting. Yeah, Went to right. federal court for that. But before that, he took it upon himself to publicly negotiate with Paula Jones a $1 million written agreement for her to drop her lawsuit against then Bill Clinton, and she agreed to it, a million bucks, certified check. Right. Remember, he had the press conference on the stage, yeah. the big check, like the publisher's clearing house check that would be there when Ed McMahon would come to your door. So everybody was waiting, and he never wired it to Little Rock, where Paula Jones was living with her husband, and that's when the Clintons decided enough of this uh, P.T. Barnum show that is just dragging it out. And they settled with Paula Jones. He gave her 850000 as you said. But it also goes back to the fact that if he had dealt with a Paula Jones situation early on, we would never have probably found out about the uh, blue dress, the stained dress of right. Monica Lewinsky. And I have a feeling it was Hillary who was telling him, you're not going to settle that. You're not going to settle that with Paula Jones way well, the, back in the process. I mean, the other alternative is, and this, by the way, I think is one of Donald Trump's best defenses, is that I covered all this up. I did everything you said. It's because I didn't want my wife to find out. Nothing to do with the campaign, you know, whatever. I just didn't want my wife to find out. It could also be that Bill Clinton said, I mean, I'm going to deny, 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 even to Hillary until the last possible moment. She finally walked in and said, this is killing us. Tell me what's really going on. And they said, we got to write the check. Sure, it could, be. could have been that. Yeah. But with Donald Trump, he is now reverted to saying that he is asexual. He did not have sex with that woman, Stormy Daniels, or the other one. Remember, there's another woman involved. She hasn't right. gotten anywhere near as much play. But he has insisted that he was a good boy. He didn't have sex with them. Like, come on, Donald. We know you did. I mean, this woman described three, you, three, you anatomically one, two, three. the way Paula Jones had <clears throat> described. Hey, what's going on here? You interfering with our broadcast here, Bob Brown? Come on. And it's a professional radio <laughs> show. Get your act together here, guys. But anyway, remember how Paula Jones had described Bill Clinton's three-piece set. And that's really what nailed him. Because she got the fact that anatomically he was a little different than normal guys. And Good morning, I'm Bob Brown. Hey, Brother. would you get the news off of here, guys? Hey, Kevin Jones, where the hell are you? Weekend producer, get in here. 
I don't know, Marty. We're on this like it's a JV operation here. Hey, it's a professional radio station, number one in the nation. I don't want to be hearing the news now during this broadcast. So get it together. God, to get people. So you were saying that, that she had a piece of, of of important information about the anatomy. Yeah, it could be that. But I want to tell you, and I've been taking calls about this, and, and you heard it. People are going. Remember, no. she called it a mushroom top. I think she said, yeah, exactly. And didn't use a condom. Remember, she I said think, she didn't use a condom. I think Trump t- if Trump tweeted out, I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. And she said, yes, but you oh, would touch did. you with Come a... Come on. And what is it? Taka But hold on a second. Hold on. You, you yes. had, and she responded, yes, but you would touch me with a three-inch pole <laughs> or something like that. But remember, anyway. Takapina years ago on CNN said, of course he had sex with that woman. And in fact, he's in deep trouble because of campaign finance regulation. Now all of a sudden he's the liar for hire, as all lawyers are, and he has instant amnesia. He forgets what he had but said a few I years bet, ago. But, yeah, but his instinct as a, as a lawyer is probably the smart one. Stipulate to all of it. Except the, the part that is the illegal part. I didn't. I didn't put this as a campaign filing. Did it help my campaign? We know that the John Edwards case. That's not the standard. It's got to be. That's what your intent is. Says so, no. My intent was to keep Melania from finding out, and then you win this case. The complicated thing is there is something lurking that we're not aware of. You know, you're a good person to ask this because because you know Weisenfeld is a sitting in Rikers. He he has actual documents. He has actual knowledge. If they bring him into the grand jury, you don't see him. He doesn't come in through the front door. Correct. He comes Correct. in a different way. Comes in a prison. I course. wonder if we're staring at Cohen, we're staring at Stormy Daniels, when we really should be looking at who's Mr. X out there that's lurking. Well, first off, Anthony, let's acknowledge that whether they were lawyers appearing on Fox News, lawyers appearing on MSNBC, CNN, WABC, or any other talk show outlet, all the lawyers were wrong. Yeah, they couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong, right? Oh, they're the experts. I heard one of your callers say, "Oh, you got to have on Alan Dershowitz." The guy was wrong about every prediction of what this grand jury would do. Oh, they're taking a vacation. They're going on spring break. Bam, thirty charges right on his head. They had no idea what was going on in the grand jury, and even though they all struck out with their bats on their shoulder, they were they weren't even struck out swinging. They were all wrong. They get an opportunity to do Hollywood Squares again. They put all the lawyers up. Uh, they tell you, oh, this is what's happened based on the cases I've dealt with. They know nothing about nothing. And by the way, you mentioned the uh, foreign leaders uh, who were indicted or were convicted or running for office. How about BB? BB yeah. is under three indictments now. Dershowitz recently with the uh, roundtable discussion at five with John Katsimatidis when he was a guest, acknowledged that when he was in Israel, he had dinner with the prime minister. Not only is he under indictment with three serious charges, we're talking felonies, fraud, but he's also under trial now. People don't realize there's a trial going on. And he's also trying to throw out the whole judiciary. (laughs) This guy is going a whole lot. Yes. You're exactly, yeah, you're exactly, I mean, it it happens. It's not that uncommon. Oh, my God. Oh, this is the end of justice. Takapina, he was like, this is the end of our criminal justice. Meantime, this guy's going to be a billionaire by the time this is finished. Because you know what happened? Trump was auditioning lawyers. You had to fly down on your own dime and do the tap dance and tell them what you were going to do for Trump in this case. And he tells you straight up, all the lawyers, I don't pay you. You're going right. to get so much face time. It's exactly. like free advertising. I'm not paying you a dime. You should be grateful that you're my attorney. And that's the deal that Takapina made. And now he's probably got so many uh, uh, business appointments in the future of potential clients based on all the face time. But I got to tell you, Takapina, every time I see him on TV, his eyes are bulging out of his head. What the hell is going on there? Yeah, know? there's a lot. Of, there's... Look, they, apparently there's a partnership. There's this woman who's also – she's actually doing the, the strategy around this. But I think you're exactly right. I think that what – there are a lot of attorneys who would chew their left arm off for a chance to have this trial of the century kind of thing. I don't know if Takapina is a good lawyer or a bad lawyer, but I have to say I have to say this. This is to some degree a fairly run-of-the-mill case. Anthony, how come nobody picks up the phone and talks to Bernard Couric, who is represented by – Joe Tacopina, who ended up becoming a cooperator with the federal government against Bernard Kirk. How does that happen? You represented Bernard Kirk in the local case up in the Bronx, and then all of a sudden you became a participant in the federal case against your own client. Let's just say 
that guy knows how to double deal. But I'm not. Does it? He's he's been on like eighty different TV shows and like. I mean, you know, every every report I've read said that Donald Trump was just as surprised as the rest of us that this was coming down. It could be that you're exactly right, that Takapina is essentially the performer of this operation and someone else is going to do of the actual course. What do you legal think? work. These, these TV lawyers do any heavy lifting? Yeah, what do you think? They get the paper cuts from bonding all the paperwork together? <laughs> of course not. They got a whole army behind them. But he isn't getting a penny from Trump. And he's going to become a billionaire from this in the future. Every time they have the Hollywood squares with all the, the lawyers who know nothing about nothing, but they're, they're supposed to be the notice, he will be the middle Hollywood. Wood Square lawyer, the Paul, the, the Paul Lynn, Lynn yeah. Right, move over, Dershowitz. It's now going to be Takabina because this is the case of his lifetime. He's loving every second of it. Oh, my God. And the contradiction of being one years ago said legally uh, Trump's in a lot of hot waters. This is uh, a political campaign contribution, and he certainly had sex uh, with Stormy Daniels. And now what sex? Are you kidding? Trump was a little quiet boy. Does anybody believe that? I mean, yeah. come on. And Trump making out $4 million in one day to his campaign. $4 million overnight, plus he's soaring in the polls against DeSantis. DeSantis is out in Long Island today. Uh, a very dear friend, Peter King, yours, not mine, is hosting him with the Nassau County GOP at the Naval uh, uh, Air Space Museum out there. And so all of a sudden, Trump is like uh, just destroying his competition because he's the victim here. And, in fact, moving into Passover and now Easter, I guarantee you he'll do a Mel Gibson-like Good Friday. I've been crucified. Uh, Jesus Christ superstar. That's all fine up until the trial starts. And then you think think Mrs. Crapaluccia on Avenue P wants to read about her favorite candidate doing whatever they did with a porn star? You know, Anthony, this may never get to trial. This may be all for naught. Alvin Bragg is now the darling of the left. He's Mr. MSNBC. Nobody's paying attention to all the crime. He lets uh, slip through the cracks. What do you think happens? You think there's a chance he settles? Not not so much settles, but that based on the case, because we don't know what the 30 charges are, are, that they immediately appeal, uh, statute of limitation is violated, this goes back seven years. Uh, Again, it's all dependent on Michael Cohen. He went back to Michael Cohen after he himself bragged. Big article in the New York Times today said, this guy is no witness. Yeah. This guy is an enigma, a contradiction. Now all of a sudden, oh, Michael Cohen yeah, is but, a wonderful witness. I mean, I covered this. He's terrible. Cohen is a liar. He li- He's Even today, by the way, when he's doing his interviews, it's not like he's, he's come up with anything better. But that's why I think they're going to have someone that probably uh, corroborates what Cohen is saying. But I want to I tell you something. I, don't, I think this thing is moving forward. I think there's going to be a trial. And I got to tell you, if Bragg doesn't win and he's the person that's responsible for Donald Trump standing up on the courthouse steps and saying, I'm innocent and I proved it, you know, boy, boy, that's even. I, nah, I, nah, I think he'll always be the darling of the left now because he went mm-hmm. to the mat with Donald Trump. And by the way, in terms of Michael Cohen, remember all the legal procrastinators, uh, I'll call them procrastinators because they were procrastinating. Attorney Costello went into the grand jury. He eviscerated Michael Cohen. How do you know that? What? Because Costello does an interview and he goes, I chopped him up, I sliced him and diced him. You have no idea what went on in that grand jury room. This is all fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. And everybody loves it. But not one lawyer predicted any of this. Not one of the so-called right. experts. And did they apologize to our audience? Did they say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. They dropped this, you know, right before Passover and Easter. We thought this might actually be dismissed. We were hearing stories 30 days at least before they come back. They never meet on this day. They only meet on that day. And you're right. All of it, all of it turned out to be wrong. In one way, it's encouraging that you find out that a secret grand jury proceeding is still pretty darn secret. Um, but yeah, I mean, just everyone's that's why it's been, it's been a little bit frustrating in the last few weeks being forced to kind of deal with the speculation. It all started with Donald Trump saying, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. Once he's not, why do reporters keep reporting the things he says is going to happen next? Then he says, Bragg dropped it. Remember on the, course, on, on the plane back from that rally, he's like, Oh, it looks like he's dropped it. And dutifully, these reporters all ran with it. They love it. Both sides love this. They were feeding the beast right. all along. Look. 
Alvin Bragg has never been in a better position. He's the hero of the left. Look, they were dancing the horror in the Tarantella. We got, we got, uh, Donald Trump. And then on the right, Donald Trump has been resurrected, re-elevated. Who's DeSantis? Who are the other candidates? Well, we gotta make sure we take Trump. We want a re-engagement, a 2020 all over. I don't. Trump versus Biden, please. But this is what they want, and this is what they're pushing for. And all the stars are aligned for Donald Trump as the victim. The problem is he doesn't know how to play the victim very well. As soon as he's been victimized like Joan of Arc, like they're putting him at the stake and he should just stay quiet and be humble and everybody will feel for him, all of a sudden he pulls the baseball bat out and says, I'm going to knock Alvin Bragg's head off his shoulders like De Niro did when playing Capone in The Untouchables, right? And then all of a sudden he sets it back. But this is what you get with Donald Trump. It's a roller coaster ride. He's a manic depressor. He's well, up, if you're, he's down, he's up, he's there, down. The one thing that always polls very well in this country is have you had enough? Of Don- you want a break from Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Left and right and middle all kind of agree. Even if they think he's a good candidate, they'd be a good president. They don't want it dominating your everyday life. And yet here we are. Donald Trump probably is loving this. I am every uh, second. I am of two minds, though, about whether this really helps him in the long term. Look, being on trial, being found guilty of stuff, even if it doesn't stick, just let me ask Hillary Clinton. I mean, being that accused of that does not is not a good thing to be when you're running for president. Yeah. But let's just look at Bibi, right? Perfect example. He's charged with the most egregious charges of bribery and fraud. And by the way, he's guilty. It started with his wife many, many prime ministerships ago. How many times has he been prime minister? What is that? Five, six, seven, eight? I don't know. He wants to be prime minister in perpetuity. There is a criminal trial going on in Jerusalem as we speak against Bibi. He's the prime minister. And yeah. that all those other issues, you're right. He's trying to change the judiciary to make sure he doesn't get found guilty or make it so that it's impossible for the judiciary ever to be balanced again. You know, you're supposed to have the separation of the judiciary, the executive, and the legislative. Naturally, politicians, they don't want judges making final decisions over them. They want a free ride. But, but you look around. It's hard to think of a European state that hasn't had a prime minister, you know, you know, in Italy, in France, it's all over the place. This is not an uncommon thing in democracies, and they come back from them, too. There, You know, there is a scenario that Donald Trump gets both found guilty and winds up running successfully. For, well, exactly. I, I well, mean, look, look at Brazil. Lulu. Lulu was the darling of the left. He was elected president of Brazil, and then all of a sudden the leftist said, wonderful, Bolsonaro comes out, the mini-media Trump, he wins, Lulu goes to jail, Bolsonaro's now on the outside looking in, he will end up going to jail. It's just going to be a turnstile in and out, and they'll end up running against one another, and it'll be a very close election again. And whoever loses will go to jail. (laughs) That's right. Oh, it's the end of the criminal justice system as we know it. No, it's not. Yeah. This is not Watergate. This is not the Pentagon Papers. Right. That's the other thing. This is a big test of our democracy. What? What's the test? It's a it's a a, a, a white collar, a low level white collar crime trial in Manhattan. At the end of the day, is all this really is. I mean, but look, it's it's look. All we know is there will be many episodes on Law and Order about this because they're running out. Right? They're running out of things to do law and order about, which is the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. They've just about depleted every conceivable case they could ever have. This will carry them for a year. Also, you know, who else it carries? I mean, you're going you're gonna to have to sponge down the walls with people's heads exploding here at WABC. I mean, you know, you're like the, the, the Greg Kellys of the world, they oh, love this stuff. God, oh, They're my like God. losing his marbles. Oh, you know? wait, this is, uh, you see, this is St. Saint, Saint Donald Trump. He can do no wrong. They all do wrong. Don't trust any of them. They all have their own personal motives. When we come back, why don't we do the lineup card of all the key players in this, where they are now, and whether it's good for them or it's bad for them. Because uh, let's face it, there's a lot of money to be made here. And there's a lot of FaceTime that you're going to get on TV <laughs> as long as you're available. And now with Zoom and Skype and everything, you could be anywhere in the world. You could be on TV 24-7, 365, lying your talkers off. And then as soon as it's proven to be a lie, they'll have you on again and again and, and again. I bet you even Chang finds out a way to make this oh, about Gordon China. Chang. He did already. He did he with did. Sid Rosenberg. Oh, you know. And then he said countries like Pakistan and Algeria, they've sided with Red China and Iran over this. 
And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Pakistan and Algeria. And everyone's nodding their head. Well, Gordon Chang said it. You know, this is World War Three. World War Three. Yeah. Keep greasing the military might of the industrial war machine so they can make more and more money by putting fear, fright, hysteria, and hype into all of you. Yeah, Red China, they're looking at this. They're going to invade Taiwan tomorrow. They're going to invade Taiwan. They've been saying this how many years? They're, they're trying to learn how to spell brag in, in Mandarin. They, this they this goes out. back to Mao Zedong and Chiang Kai-shek. They're going to invade tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. They're going to invade tomorrow. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We have to get ready because Cindy Adams is here. Cindy Adams is on the town. On this radio station, WABC. Listen to the incredibly charming, unbelievably brilliant. Plus, the hills are alive with the sound of visitors chatting to Siri. Only in New York, kids. Only in New York. Cindy Adams is on. The Cindy Adams Show. Tomorrow afternoon at 1 on 77 WABC. Take it from Margot. Shop at Christidis, serving New York City for over 100 years. From our family to yours for quality, integrity, and reliability. Shop at Christidis or go to ChristidisSupermarkets.com. Hi, this is John Katsimatidis Jr. Make sure to get my dad's new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. I'm lucky enough to learn from him every day, and now you can too. Read my book, and you'll find out how to make your first billion. Available now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. To get a signed copy, go to WABCRadioStore.com. A financial manager is needed for Iman Pharmacy, Incorporated in Mount Vernon, New York. The salary is $129,000 per year. Duties include preparing financial reports, evaluate data regarding cost-to-plan budgets, review collection reports, correct account discrepancies. A BA and two years of experience are required. Apply to 505 Gramatan Avenue, Mount Vernon, New York, 10552. The left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. Oi vey, oi vey. It's the end of the world. Now with your Passover holiday beginning April 5th. I think it goes to the 15th, right? I think that's right. Well, I wonder if my two youngest sons are going to try to shake me down for anything. You know, they, like, ripped me off during Hanukkah, you know, a present a day, and then they wanted the Christmas present. Please tell me I don't have to give yeah, them any not presents. Much. not much. You can get them some chocolate-covered matzah or something like that. You're off to the races. Okay, so imagine we're having the Seder here. You and me, Anthony, I've been the Seders, but you're the expert. So you got the uh, the bitter herbs, right? Right. And you put it in the sweet and sour sauce, right? Which is the well, no, the salt, salt, salt water for the tears. Well, where where are you going with this? No, no. What is Sunday night? I mean, it's an absolute. You got to be in a Chinese restaurant <laughs> if you're a Jew, right, or a chop suey joint, and you know that Emperor Xi is going to order all the Chinese restaurants and chop suey joints. Don't let Jews in for Sundays. They won't know how to handle it. There'll be like an implosion. What? No Chinese food? No sweet and sour sauce? You mean you don't put the bitter herbs in the sweet and then the sour sauce? Well, you make a a, a sandwich with the, the the. I mean, look, there is you di- you dip you dip the herb you dip the the parsley in the salt water for our tears and the egg and it's, there's a lot of different things. But how, how what are you driving at? Like, what do you? There's no. Re- it's not really a Chinese restaurant holiday. This, it's not one of those. This was the uh, Holy Thursday. The Last Supper, which was actually the Passover Seder. People don't realize all the apostles were Jews. Christ was a Jew. When he was crucified, he was a Jew. He was never a Christian. They were never Christians until much later on. They left the tribe. But who was sitting there? Judas (laughs) took the 30 silver pieces, according to Mel Gibson. And that is Michael Cohen. See, in biblical terminology to a lot of Trumpers, that is Michael Cohn, because before, remember, Michael Cohn was kissing Trump's stuckers. He was the bag man. He did all the dirty legal work. You need that in business, Trump said. You need the good lawyer, the one you put out there for public consumption, and you need the guy like Michael Cohn who cleans up all the dirt and right. makes it all go away. So now, all of a sudden, he's become Judas. Why has he become Judas? 
Because King Herod has emerged. And you know who <laughs> King Herod is? Who wanted to kill every baby because he couldn't find Jesus? That's Soros. Right? Let's face it. That's George Soros. All roads lead to George Soros. Whenever there's mishigash, whenever there's problems in the country, who do we point at? George Soros. I said, wait a second. There are billionaires who are conservatives. They got more money. Well, we have our, we have our, I'm actually doing the podcast about this this weekend, this week. We had our Koch brothers. I mean, admittedly, they were our boogeyman. The difference is, you know, I noticed that a lot of people who use this Soros boogeyman, a lot of them don't realize they're doing anti-Semitism. When you look online and you look at, like, the ADL did a report of anti-Semitism online. It's like a third of it is stories about how Soros, on behalf of the Jews, is doing this these crazy things. But, yeah, he is the guy that's – by the way, you know, he donated nothing to Bragg, getting back to the Trump thing. You know, this whole, like, he Trump-backed Bragg. He never gave a dime to Bragg. He, all he did – he supported organizations that did get out the vote for black candidates, and Bragg was a black candidate. But yes, he is, he's the Haman, he's the Herod, he's the you bad need, guy. You need to heal in all these scenarios. Yes. That's King Herod. Right. And then, of course, Stormy Daniels. She's Mary Magdalene. Remember, according to Christian teaching, although they're trying to alter that ever so slightly, Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, a woman of ill repute. Uh, when you look at Stormy Daniels in the dictionary, that's exactly the terminology. Yep, that's Although right. in the neighborhood I came from, they say, oh, putain, right? <laughs> so the point being is the perfect candidate for Mary Madeline. Almost everybody here fits. And who is Punch's pilot? Who washes the hands and says, I have nothing to do with it? I'm not going to crucify Barabbas, the real criminal, the one who's done home invasion, shoplifting, boosting, a lifetime criminal. I'm going to crucify Jesus. It's up to you, Pharisees, and I'll get to them a moment. But it's Kathy Hochul who will not remove Alvin Bragg, although she might be able to. And then, of course, the Pharisees, Tish James and Alvin Bragg. Crucify Trump any way we can. Everything with Trump on it, we're going to prosecute to the full extent of the law. I got it all. Forget Mel yes. Gibson. I'm going to create the And in the new... middle of it is the Christ-like Donald Trump. Of is course, that, superstar. The... Right. Jesus Christ, superstar. He can do no wrong. I will bet you that as we move towards the weekend, after he comes into the city, and he does the perp walk and the photo and the fingerprinting and everything that the left wants and he wants... He will somehow make a comparison to him and Jesus Christ being crucified on Good Friday. And and you don't think, by the way, the Internet's full of memes of him surrounded by the apostles, you know, him and the Christ. But yeah, he, that's the way his followers see it. I mean, that's the way the cult operates. And then there'll be the empty chair. And who is in that empty chair? The despicable traditor, the Judas Michael Cohen. Oh, I have it all figured out. We're going to create the movie over this. Everybody fits in a role. Think about it. And who is the one that you don't hear from any longer? He could have been president. Maybe, possibly, could be. He went to Iowa where there are more peaks than people. He went to the county fair. He was like Lenslice. He was like what Takapina is now. You turn on any network, it's uh, Takapina's bulging fish eyes. It was Michael Avenatti, remember? Avenatti was here, there, everywhere. People said, oh, he's so good, he's slick. You know, he could be president. In fact, he was actually all for toots. I'll go to Iowa. I'll test it out. You know, I'll pick the corn kernels. I'll see how I do. And then all of a sudden, boy, did he crash and burn. I don't have a role for him. I'm trying to figure out how does he fit in this. He's in federal yeah, prison right now, twiddling yeah. his thumbs. Oh, my God. And remember, he, what was he? The lawyer. Never trust any lawyers. None of them. Listen to Curtis Lee on this. I don't trust any of those lawyers. Oh, they're all professional. This is, this is, this is good stuff. You've, you've clearly thought this out. Absolutely. You've thought because this out. I want to create the greatest movie ever. I know the Trumpers will come to it. Now, Mel Gibson, remember, you got to understand this because you consider all Christians to be the same. Catholics are absorbed in the crucifixion. They love the torture, the bleeding, the thorns in the skull of Jesus. They love him being impaled on the cross. That's why you see people who are, are Catholics. They have 52,000 crucifixes, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I see a real Christian Roman Catholic. <laughs> The Protestants, they barely mention the crucifixion. It's all about the resurrection. Go into a Protestant church, you don't see a cross. They don't wear crosses. You couldn't be any more different. Maybe that's why they had the Reformation. 
What do you think? I want the crucifixion. What about you? I'm into the resurrection. <laughs> oh, we'll kill each other. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> chop their heads off and pale them. For what? Right? For what? What do we get out of all of that? You have your version of Jesus, Protestants, which is the resurrection. Catholics have their version, which is the crucifixion. And somehow, and let's be, and now, and we'll be pissed off at each other for the rest of time. Yeah, I mean, think about that. And when all else failed, when we decided to come kill one another, hundreds of thousands, we had a practice on somebody that was the Jew. So we would launch a program. We would say, hey, we need a little practice before we engage <laughs> yeah. the Protestants or Catholics. It's, t- it's about- time for a nice inquisition. Let's That's get right. Let's just bring the Cossacks in, sack them, burn down the village. Yeah, let's go. Now we're ready. We're ready to go to Jerusalem and liberate it from the Muslims. Oh, God. Am I, am I close here? I you mean, got it. You got it. This, all, be the this is all a biblical a bi- biblical parable. The whole Trump affair is a biblical par- uh, parable. No doubt. He can do no wrong to the Trumpers. He's always set up. All the people who work for them end up, almost all of them, it's them. They're part of the deep state. Uh, yeah, Michael Cohn was there. They're all no good. Yeah, but he's the guy who's picked all these people. Yeah. You think maybe he's not too good at picking these people? Remember my TV generals? I love my TV generals. Almost every one of them turned against but them. But on the other side of the coin, it's like you hear all these people calling and you hear these, these guys on the, the, um, on the radio here. They want to get Donald Trump. Who's they? Who do you think? You think there's this big cabal that gets together? You have Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Anthony Weiner, Hakeem Jeffries. We all yes, get together in a yes, room and we despicable. say, and we say, let's get, let's indict him today. It's like, it's no, like, you left out his adversary going back decades. The whale, Jerry Nadler. Yeah, Jerry Nadler. Back to the seventies when they were battling on the Upper West Side to put up the Trump Towers or not to put up right, the Trump right, Towers. Right, right. That's where the battle first began. I mean, this idea, this this idea that everything grows out of some grand conspiracy. Yes. It's um, well, this is talk radio. We love conspiracy. We love it. We love it. It's such a the they. I mean, every time I hear someone refer to they on this station, I'm like, who are you guys talking? About? You know, let the audience in on who this they is. I'm I'm not getting invited to these meetings. I'm not getting invited to these big political. I never I never was. Yeah, but you see, because you have a big D in front of your name, Anthony Weiner, through osmosis. Your bones rattle. When they're talking, you know. Your bones vibrate and rattle. You know what's going on, Anthony. It's in your DNA. (laughs) It's a little donkey-shaped bat signal that goes out, and we all gather. Where do we gather? The the, the deep state. They're all prepared to take Trump down. He's loving every second of this. We gather at George Soros' house, and we kind of figure out. Right. I'm telling you, this is what Trump is already doing, Team Trump. They're saying, you know, once we get that photo... You know, the photo in uh, when they have to take his photo b- before the fingerprinting and they process him for arraignment. The mugshot, yeah. They're already going to have the T-shirts out with his mugshot. The T-shirts, posters, they're going to somehow try to get the license for that. Nobody else will have rights to that. You watch. Trump will do, I'll sue you, I'll sue you, I'll sue you, which he always does. And then he walks up to the ledge and he never sues. He never sues. Yeah. It's like Alan Dershowitz. I'm listening to him. Yes, I'm going to sue Michael Cohen. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. <laughs> For what? Oh, what do you think? There are other people who want to sue Michael Cohen? What the hell are you talking about? By the way, Alan Dershowitz has made quite a business of this case, too. Oh. He's got a book out oh, that they're out book. to get Trump. So it's actually a fairly br- brilliant business model. You put out a book saying they're out to get Trump, and then every time there's anything in the now, news about Trump's legal problems. Let's tell the truth here. You think all these people write these books? I know you all think they write books. Let me tell you of a, a ride that I had on the PATH train with a young boy named Shapiro at that time. Remember Shapiro? They called him the golden child. He will have his own podcast. He will be number one, second to none. He knocked me out of the back uh, box at WABC when I was doing uh, evening track. You know what, Shapiro, I'm talking about? Ben, one of your peeps. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting with Ben. I said, Ben, how do you earn your income? Oh, I write people's books. Aren't you offended that they don't indicate? Like, O'Reilly indicates he's got a co-writer, right? No, they pay good money. I'm not going to complain. I'm building my media empire on the fact that I write the book, they take all the credit, and they act like they were sweating morning, noon, and night. Look at how many books some of these people put out. Every month, it's another book. You really think they're writing the book? Well, there is – I don't know if you ever read the, the biography, the autobiography, autobiography of, of Andre Agassi, which was written by someone else. It's amazing. It's a really great book. And 
he made this deal that the ghostwriter said he didn't want to be to get a co-writer credit because ghostwriters actually don't want to have their names out there sometimes because they want to show other clients. Of course, that, yeah, Shins and mercenaries. Right. They, they, they want to show other clients their background people. So how many books did Ben Shapiro write for all these big conservative talk show mockers now who are claiming, oh, there, you got to read my book. You got to, uh, my book, oh, I worked hours, days, I yeah, slept. I'm an expert on this because I wrote a book on it. Yeah, you couldn't even write a comic book. You couldn't even write a matchbook. And you're talking about how you churn out a book a month. A book a month club. I got another book coming. Really? When did you have time to write this book? Oh, I was inspired. Oh, by the way, you think James Patterson writes all these books? <laughs> These guys, some poor, uh, some poor uh, graduate student somewhere in North Carolina is getting paid twenty grand now, to write his next million dollar book. And now it's going to be all artificial intelligence, AI. You know, they have that new device that writes up everything right, for chat you. Chat GBT. That's yes. right, Chat GBT. And actually, they won't give Chat GBT any credit. I wrote it with a quill pen, <laughs> with no lights on. You know, with 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 whale oil that that was giving me the the, the, the ability to write into the wee hours of the morning. Bullfed is all of you. Bull. I know the real deal. And what's going to yeah? And that's that. And that's why these people say, "Yeah, I wrote this book." And when you call and ask about something about the book, they have no they idea what you're no talking idea. about. <laughs> no, no idea. idea. So I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. But I say, you know, the fact is, don't believe the hype. Stop this. It's a business. Yeah. So this is. And so Cohen's going to write a book about this trial. Absolutely. Trump will write a book about how I beat the you know that. The, these lawyers, everyone is going to write a book about this trial. Absolutely. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Bragg writes a book about and, this trial. And uh, are you leaving out Mary Magdalene? Uh, you know, That's let's true. See, it was Jennifer Flowers first, and now there's Stormy Daniels, and yeah, she'll have a book. What she said, go to, go to her, don't go to her website, but if you did, she's making, she says she's making mint off of all of her, her swag. Absolutely, about this. but her book is going to be. I should have never had unsafe sex with Donald Trump. Use a condom, please. Because she goes through this whole panoply of reasons why she didn't use a condom, putting it on something that looked like a mushroom. Okay. All right. There's a family outfit here. Well, Let's no, keep no, it clean. It's not. What are you, are you talking about? All of this, they're all loving it. All of them. They have agents. They have people and who are then, telling them. And then every, po- every Republican politician is loving it. They're all sending the- letters demanding information. This, this is a win. Everyone wins from it. Jim Jordan, his, the, yeah. the, the, the veins are bulging out of his neck. He's all roided up. We'll get him. And Lindsey Graham crying on Fox News uh, at, the, de- at the death of a nation. Yeah, yeah, by the way, which nation does he want us to go to war against today? <laughs> uh, you know, where, 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 where do you want us to go to war, you warmonger? <laughs> where the weapons of mass destruction? See, this is all meant to distract. Understand. You know, they use the term false flags. I hate to use that term because it's been co-opted by the wackadoodles. But these are all false flags. This is nothing. Nothing. Yet everybody gets all hyperventilated. Oh, it's the end of the Cockapita was crying. Oh, justice. It'll never be the same. The lady of justice, you know, justice is blind, right? All of a sudden she can see. She can take, <laughs> she can be bribed. Which way do you want me to go? Bribe the lady of justice. Yeah, democracy in the balance. And, they, and they're also, you know, this stuff doesn't stink. They're all right. Uh, you know, this is based on case law. And then all of a sudden, all of this came about. All the experts knew nothing about nothing. Well, I bet you this, Tuesday, 2.15, whenever this indictment comes out, you're going to have a whole new bank of people explaining, oh, yes, I knew all along that yes. there was this other mean. And, hey, wait, wait, who's going to be there to speak to all of us? Right from the outdoor area before Trump is processed, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Never trust anybody with three names. You talk about a crackpot, a wackadoodle, right? That's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Where do you find this music from? I, 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 I feel like um, what is this? Soul Train? No, you know Don train. Cornelius? No, different, different. This is Love Train. Oh God, this guy, these guys here—they they, they drive my blood pressure up. But anyway, 
So I'm sitting down to the runny eggs, you know, I got the right toast there. No bacon, please. I got the hash browns there. I'm eating away at the Neptune Diner, you know, right oh, there, yeah. Grand Central. A lot of Met fans, they stop at the, Metune, uh, the Neptune Diner, whether they win or they lose, because it's right on the way from City Field years ago, Shea Stadium. And inevitably, whenever I'm in there, because they use that sort of as the epicenter of running a campaign now against AOC and Kaban, the Neptune right. Diner, I run into Met fans. And, you know, they give me grief because a lot of them know I hate the Mets. And I, I check out and I said, wow, yeah, this is what a Met fan would be eating. Look, this is going to clog your arteries. You're going right. to stroke out. You're going to get a heart attack. And we get into a really, I mean, really angry discussion. And people are saying, I thought you're trying to convince Met fans, Yankee fans, people who don't support sports to support you, to support whatever candidates you're supporting. It doesn't matter. Baseball is more important than politics. And also baseball, you can. I've told you this story before in 2000, Subway Series. You know, all the reporters are doing the obligatory calling, all the politicians, who you're pulling for. And I, in, I answer instantly. I'm a Met fan. And I'm pulling for the Mets, and the reporter says, "Oh, it's, it's nice of you to give us a straight answer." A lot of re- a lot of politicians are trying to have it both ways. And I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "Oh, well, your your mentor and success and predecessor, Chuck Schumer." He's like, "I'm rooting for this, and I'm rooting for that." I'm saying, and I said to the reporter, "I said, oh, Chuck should get off the fence." Well, a few hours later, I get this angry call from Chuck saying, "This reporter has you on the record saying I should get off the fence." He says, "Do you know what New Yorkers care about more than their baseball, especially white?" Ethnic voters between the age of 35 and 58, it's baseball, and you're screwing me with all these fans. It's I have no respect for politicians who don't pick up, even if it's Boston. I don't know how we elected two mayors in a row who supported Boston. But your job is not to be nice to them. You're, no. If you're a Yankee fan, you're no, a Yankee yeah, fan. Yeah, Hang no, in there. I, I, I respect Met fans when they say to me, I hate the Yankees, I hate Yankee fans. Because there's no doubt they had inherited that from their father or yeah, mother or grandparents. There's visceral hate. Yeah, you're raised to to root for the Mets and anyone playing the Yankees. Well, the Mets were always considered the blue-collar working-class team. Right. The Yankees were the white-collar team. You know, rooting, rooting for the Yankees is like rooting for U.S. Steel. Yes, and Westchester, you know, they'll come down from a Maranac, Scarsdale. Yes, they have their new Yankee caps, you know, with the wow. little, their little uh, patches in there. So anyway, it was clearly a division. Now that's sort of mixed up because in order to go to any baseball game, you have to take a reverse mortgage or a payday yeah. loan. So you, you can't even be blue collar anymore. It's almost your price down. So I noticed that in having these arguments with them, I had a flashback to that exact time in 2000. The mayor was Rudy Giuliani. He hated the Mets and he said it. And he loved the Yankees. Everybody knew that. So they were having the fan appreciation day in advance of the Subway Series. And people were asked to come to Bryant Park, and they had the gates that separated the Met fans from the Yankee uh-huh. fans. You know, they played the Yankee theme, they played the Met theme, they played other songs. And the fans pretty much in the beginning were getting along. So Rudy says, I want Curtis to emcee this. I said, oh, no, his deputy mayor's Loda, who I loathe, I hate Lotus. No, you should use John Sterling and Michael Kay. They're the broadcasters. Rudy said, no, no, no. I want Curtis because Curtis hates the Mets. <laughs> so it's almost like he sicked me on the Mets fans. So I'm screaming and yelling. And you know how loud I can get without. You said, you said Brian Park. Was it City Hall Park? No, it was Brian Park. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, yeah, because on both sides, yeah, yeah. there was divided cops were right in the middle. Uh-huh. So the captain in charge of the contingent said, Curtis, everything's nice now. They're getting along. <laughs> Please don't do what I know you do on the radio. I said, no problem, Captain. I got this. He was from Midtown South. Right, right. I got up on the stage. I looked at the Met fans. I said, you all look like your three-eyed cousin fornicators. When I go to <laughs> Shea Stadium, because that's where it was at the time, I said, it looks like a bunch of demolition derby rejects in the parking lot. They went crazy. They're coming over. They want to kill me. Joe Loder and the deputy mayors, they come up to, to, to Rudy. You must remove him from the state. No. He goes, I feel that way. <laughs> Let him keep going. And then he came out, right? You're figuring that would calm the crowd down. No, he had an insult to injury. We almost created a right. Trust me. If you're a Met fan, I respect you if you just say, I hate the Yankees, because they say then you're a real baseball fan. Right, right. I lost my respect for my Kumbarichich, Rudy Giuliani, when he was ahead in the polls. And remember, there was the New Hampshire primary. Right. 
And in a Boston interview, I think it was the sports station, WEII. Remember, Kurt Schilling, Schilling had the stigmata. And he ended the Ruthian curse. And they went on to beat the St. Louis Cardinals right. in the uh, World Series. It's the Boston Red Sox. And Rudy was asked, will you support the Red Sox versus the St. Louis Cardinals? And he said, I support the American League. Without mentioning the Red Sox, I said, Rudy, you should impale yourself with Mike Piazza's broken bat. Remember, they came from uh, Clemens. Clemens. You should impale yourself because that's when they become political. Just say it the way it is. Like with Eric Adams, he was in the booth. Uh, the Yes booth, you know, with uh, opening day at Yankee Stadium. And he referred to it as Yankee Park twice. No, no, Fenway Park, Wrigley Field, Yankee Stadium. All three are very different. He's not a sports fan. He's not. But he'll try to give you the impression that he is. No, no, just say, you know, I grew up, I respect both teams, you know, that's what he says. But I love Tom Yagey. You know, I love the way he, he was the center yeah. fielder for the Mets. That's about all he knows about sports. Yeah. Now, see, Anthony, if you, you had been the mayor. You can't. I mean, look, my view is, and this is true of a lot of things, people respect you for standing up for what you believe in, and there's one thing that you just doesn't come across as authentic to say, oh, I root for the Mets in the National League and the Yankees. No one, no one thinks no, like that. No. That's not the way real no. sports fans no. think. No. I mean, I'm an Islander fan. I, I will go to games at, at, at the, at the guard. I will not wear a Ranger uniform. I won't, you know, in the rare occasion when the Rangers, when I need some team to lose and the Rangers are playing them, all right, I'll say Rangers hope you beat me. You can. You're an Islander but fan. But I'm an Islander fan. I'm an Islander fan. And, and like this year, they changed the, they changed the season, the scheduling. And so now they only play the Rangers three times. We, you know, we, 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 the, 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 uh, you cannot constitutionally be let me, rooting let for Let me the take you back to one of your glory days. It was 69. I don't think you were birthed yet. And then it was 86 against the Boston Red Sox. I hated both teams so viscerally that I was like Switzerland. I was neutral because I hated both the Red Sox and the Mets. But you were all for toots, right? When all of a sudden that ground ball by Mookie Wilson, Went through Buckner's legs, which was not the final game. People still think that was the final game. That allowed the Mets, remember, to get in, to extend the World Series into a final game, which they won. And I'm telling you, when I saw the celebration in the locker room where they were doing lines of cocaine, because that was the Mets back then, forget the champagne. Let's just do cocaine. I hated them, and I hated the Red Sox, but I felt so good afterwards because I was like Switzerland. No, no. Sometimes you just you just hope that there's some kind of a natural disaster at the stadium, and both teams (laughs) fall into an abyss. (laughs) Anyway, up next, I want to finish up for the reason that I was in Astoria at the Neptune Diner, which has become my campaign headquarters for all my candidates taking on AOC all out crazy and her mini me. Come on. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Oh, baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. This is your theme song. This is one of the songs called The Middle, exactly. But it, it's a little bit of your vibe. Little, little techno styles. It is. And sometimes I'm in the middle. Uh, let me give a little uh, advice to uh, the golden boy who can do no wrong, Andrew Giuliani, right? When you're promoting who you have coming up, so we'll talk a little Trump. I forgot what else he said. And we have a special guest coming up. Like, I'm really impressed. I- I'm going to be listening because you have a special guest. Well, nobody listens. Hey, Andrew, if you're listening now, say who your special guest is. Man, these guys are going to... Now, you never tease it? You never do anything like no, that? No, no, you, you, say... you say who the guest is. And if the person is not worthy of prime time, they're not five-star top shelf. You right. want to go, and my special guest... <laughs> and hopefully nobody listened to it. Rob Astorino in the bullpen uh, warming up. He's going to be coming in. But I want to mention to you a story. I want to use this as sort of a little proving ground. Astoria generally has been pretty crime-free compared to the rest of the city. It's got really stable neighborhoods, a lot of hipsters and millennials, very left-wingers, and then it's got the old traditional uh, Greeks great and rest- Italians. Great restaurants. It's really yeah, it's a great community. But it's gotten hurt 
like all neighborhoods after the lockdown and pandemic. It's just not the same because it has so many stores that have closed. Right, but stuff. they don't have serious crime there, at least. Well, I don't know what's happened in the last week. Let me give you the, the synergy because you've been through this before. The community precinct council meetings are a pretty good indicator as to whether people are apathetic or they just want to rip the larynx out of the inspector's throat. So this past Monday, the supporters of Caban and AOC went to the meeting, which they're entitled to. Anybody could go to the meeting. And they gave the inspector a really hard time. You know, you're stopping people. You're really you're violating their rights. you got to stop it. And then in quick succession, you had somebody shot and killed in the Astoria projects. And then two guys last night, Astoria uh, Boulevard and Steinway, which is the real right, vibrant right, area. Right in the middle of it, yeah. Shot and killed at 1030 at night. No suspects. And I believe some of it's because the cops locally are pressured. And they know just last Saturday night that Eric Adams was having dinner with AOC and her little mini-me, Caban, at Gracie Mansion. That sends out a bad vibe to the cops out there who have to deal with politicians, whether it's Anthony Weiner when you represented your area or the politicians, because if they're trying to get the cops to pull back, the ramifications are is that you're going to see a spike in crime. You're going to see a spike. Three murders in one week, Anthony. I don't know. That's never happened in that story, I think, in I, years. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been a bad couple. Of, I, I don't buy. I think I think police officers... By and large, go out and they're aggressive. I think they want to stop crime. Look, a lot of times when two people are shooting each other, ninety percent of the time it's two people who know each other. About half of that, about half of that number, it's usually drug related. Strange citizens don't get shot randomly very often in New York City, even when in high crime areas. Yeah, you know, that was Sid Rosenberg himself who said. Thank God Danielle doesn't have a gun, and I don't have a gun. How many times he would have shot and killed one another when we have our <laughs> marital disputes? But anyway, I want to make breaking news. I'm going to walk into the 114th precinct tomorrow since Andrew Giuliani stole my hour from 3 to 4. And I'm going to walk into the deputy inspector and say, guess who's coming to patrol your neighborhood along 30th Avenue and Steinway? The Guardian Angels! Is that a threat or a promise? No, no, it's what we're going to do. I don't know what his reaction will be, but I think he's going to say, thank God. There's somebody here who aren't trying to make us out to be people who are over the top giving wooden shampoos, having people suck concrete. We're not violating their rights. We're impotent. We can't do anything. Anyway, up next, it's Rob Astorino, his take on things. You think he's going to be talking about Trump? I don't know. He probably is. I wonder if he has a special guest. Uh, yeah, Andrew, knockoff and a special guest. That's so JV. God is my objection. Uh-uh.